Chapter Seventeen of the Magic of Oz. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. This reading by Piper Hale. The Magic of Oz by L. Frank Baum. Chapter Seventeen: A Remarkable Journey. You see, explained the glass cat, that Magic Isle where Trot and Cap'n Bill are stuck is also in this Gillikin country. Over at the east side of it, and it's no farther to go across lots from here than it is from here to the Emerald City. So we'll save time by cutting across the mountains. Are you sure you know the way? asked Dorothy. I know all the land of Oz better than any other living creature knows it, asserted the glass cat. Go ahead then and guide us, said the wizard. We've left our poor friends helpless too long already, and the sooner we rescue them, the happier they'll be. Are you sure you can get em out of their fix? the little girl inquired. I've no doubt of it, the wizard assured her, but I can't tell what sort of magic I must use until I get to the place and discover just how they are enchanted. I've heard of that magic isle where the wonderful flower grows, remarked the cowardly lion. Long ago, when I used to live in the forests, the beast told stories about the isle, and how the magic flower was placed there to entrap strangers, men or beasts. Is the flower really wonderful? questioned Dorothy. I have heard it is the most beautiful plant in the world, answered the lion. I have never seen it myself, but friendly beasts have told me that they have stood on the shore of the river and looked across at the plant in the gold flower pot and seen hundreds of flowers of all sorts and sizes blossom upon it in quick succession. It is said that if one picks the flowers while they are in bloom, they will remain perfect for a long time, but if they are not picked, they soon disappear and are replaced by other flowers. That, in my opinion, makes the magic plant the most wonderful in existence. But these are only stories, said the girl. Has any of your friends ever picked a flower from the wonderful plant? No, admitted the cowardly lion, for if any living thing ventures upon the magic isle where the golden flower pot stands, that man or beast takes root in the soil and cannot get away again. What happens to them then? asked Dorothy. They grow smaller, hour by hour, and day by day, and finally disappear entirely. Then, said the girl anxiously, we must hurry up, or Cap'n Bill and Trot will be too small to be comfortable. They were proceeding at a rapid pace during this conversation, for the hungry tiger and the cowardly lion were obliged to move swiftly in order to keep pace with Glass Cat. After leaving the forest of Gutu, they crossed a mountain range, and then a broad plain, after which they reached another forest, much smaller than that where Gutu ruled. The magic isle is in this forest, said the Glass Cat, but the river is at the other side of the forest. There is no path through the trees, but if we keep going east, we will find the river, and then it will be easy to find the magic isle. Have you ever traveled this way before? inquired the wizard. Not exactly, admitted the cat, but I know we shall reach the river if we go east through the forest. Lead on, then, said the wizard. The glass cat started away, and at first it was easy to pass between the trees, but before long the underbrush and vines became thick and tangled, and after pushing their way through these obstacles for a time, our travellers came to a place where even the glass cat could not push through. "'We'd better go back and find a path,' suggested the hungry tiger. "'I'm surprised at you,' said Dorothy, eyeing the glass cat severely. "'I'm surprised at myself,' replied the cat. "'But it's a long way around the forest to where the river enters it, "'and I thought we could save time by going straight through.' "'No one can blame you,' said the wizard, "'and I think instead of turning back I can make a path that will allow us to proceed.' "'He opened his black bag, and after searching among his magic tools, "'drew out a small axe, made of some metal so highly polished "'that it glittered brightly even in the dark forest. 
The wizard laid the little axe on the ground, and said in a commanding voice, "'Chop, little axe, chop clean and true, a path for our feet you must quickly hew. Chop till this tangle of jungle is past, chop to the east, little axe, chop fast.' Then the little axe began to move, and flashed its bright blade, right and left, clearing away through vine and brush, and scattering the tangled barrier so quickly that the lion and the tiger, carrying Dorothy and the wizard in the cage of monkeys on their backs, were able to stride through the forest at a fast walk. The brush seemed to melt away before them, and the little axe chopped so fast that their eyes only saw a twinkling of the blade. Then suddenly the forest was open again, and the little axe, having obeyed its orders, lay still upon the ground. The wizard picked up the magic axe, and after carefully wiping it with his silk handkerchief, put it away in his black bag. Then they went on, and in a short time reached the river. "'Let me see,' said the glass cat, looking up and down the stream. "'I think we are below the magic isle, so we must go up the stream until we come to it.' So up the stream they travelled, walking comfortably on the river bank, and after a while the water broadened, and a sharp bend appeared in the river, hiding all below from their view. They walked briskly along, however, and had nearly reached the bend when a voice cried warningly, "'Look out!' The travellers halted abruptly, and the wizard said, "'Look out for what?' "'You almost stepped on my diamond palace,' replied the voice, and a duck with gorgeously coloured feathers appeared before them. "'Beasts and men are terribly clumsy,' continued the duck in an irritated tone, "'and you've no business on this side of the river anyway. What are you doing here?' "'We've come to rescue some friends of ours who are stuck fast on the magic isle in this river,' explained Dorothy. "'I know em said the duck. "'I've been to see em and they're stuck fast all right. "'You may as well go back home, for no power can save them.' "'This is the wonderful Wizard of Oz,' said Dorothy, pointing to the little man. "'Well, I'm the lonesome duck,' was the reply, as the fowl strutted up and down to show its feathers to best advantage. "'I'm the great forest magician, as any beast can tell you, but even I have no power to destroy the dreadful charm of the magic isle.' "'Are you lonesome because you're a magician?' inquired Dorothy. "'No, I'm lonesome because I have no family and no friends. But I like to be lonesome, so please don't offer to be friendly with me. Go away and try not to step on my diamond palace.' "'Where is it?' asked the girl. "'Behind this bush.' Dorothy hopped off the lion's back and ran around the bush to see the diamond palace of the lonesome duck, although the gaudy fowl protested in a series of low quacks. The girl found, indeed, a glittering dome formed of clearest diamonds, neatly cemented together, with a doorway at the side just big enough to admit the duck. "'Where did you find so many diamonds?' asked Dorothy wonderingly. "'I know a place in the mountains where they are as thick as pebbles,' said the lonesome duck. And I brought them here in my bill, one by one, and put them in the river, and let the water run over them until they were brightly polished. Then I built this palace, and I'm positive it's the only diamond palace in all the world. It's the only one I know of, said the little girl. But if you live in it all alone, I don't see why it's any better than a wooden palace, or one of bricks or cobblestones. You're not supposed to understand that, retorted the lonesome duck. But I might tell you, as a matter of education, that a home of any sort should be beautiful to those who live in it, and should not be intended to please strangers. The Diamond Palace is my home, and I like it, so I don't care a quack whether you like it or not. Oh, but I do, exclaimed Dorothy. It's lovely on the outside, but— Then she stopped speaking, for the lonesome duck had entered his palace through the little door without even saying good-bye. So Dorothy returned to her friends, and they resumed their journey. "'Do you think, wizard, the duck was right in saying no magic can rescue Trot and Cap'n Bill?' asked the girl in a worried tone of voice. "'No, I don't think the lonesome duck was right in saying that,' answered the wizard gravely. "'But it is possible that their enchantment will be harder to overcome than I expected. 
I'll do my best, of course, and no one can do more than his best. That didn't entirely relieve Dorothy's anxiety, but she said nothing more, and soon, on turning the bend in the river, they came in sight of the magic isle. "'There they are!' exclaimed Dorothy eagerly. "'Yes, I see them,' replied the wizard, nodding. "'They are sitting on two big toadstools.' "'That's queer,' remarked the glass cat. "'There were no toadstools there when I left them.' "'What a lovely flower!' cried Dorothy in rapture, as her gaze fell upon the magic plant. "'Never mind the flower just now,' advised the wizard. "'The most important thing is to rescue our friends.' By this time they had arrived at a place just opposite the magic isle, and now both Trot and Cap'n Bill saw the arrival of their friends and called to them for help. "'How are you?' shouted the wizard, putting his hands to his mouth so they could hear him better across the water. "'We're in hard luck,' shouted Cap'n Bill in reply. "'We're anchored here and can't move till you find a way to cut the hawser.' "'What does he mean by that?' asked Dorothy. "'We can't move our feet a bit,' called Trot, speaking as loud as she could. "'Why not?' inquired Dorothy. "'They've got roots on them,' explained Trot. "'It was hard to talk from so great a distance, so the wizard said to the glass cat, "'Go to the island and tell our friends to be patient, for we have come to save them.' It may take a little time to release them, for the magic of the isle is new to me, and I shall have to experiment, but tell them I'll hurry as fast as I can. So the glass cat walked across the river under the water to tell Trot and Cap'n Bill not to worry, and the wizard at once opened his black bag and began to make his preparations. End of chapter 17